0: We're going to chat about a couple things today that I think you guys are really going to enjoy. One is corporate structure. So, when do you need a corporation? Good morning, Boston. When do you need uh not need a corporation and all of that sort of stuff? And we have Dominic not able to join. And then what Dominic's going to talk about is he's going to go through Dominic of Real Business Advisors is going to go through and chat about Um, the number one way to get two clients for your new business, I think he guarantees it, or you can actually move into his house for a week for free and he will cook for you. Did I get that right, Dominic? Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. (laughs) I don't know what my wife will say about that, but yeah, I'm good. (laughs) Oh, she'll love it. She'll She'll love it. it. (laughs) So basically, if you guys are brand new, by the way, Dominic, you missed it. We actually had intro music. I, I went with a little... I went hey, with a little me, wasted. Uh, yeah, it was gonna let me join, but I could hear it. It was awesome. I went with a little wasted years by Iron Maiden. <laughs> I love um, it. I love but it. it's kind of appropriate. I, I thought if we're gonna get all deep, because what's the number one thing that people talk about when it comes to making more and keeping poor? They wish they'd made more earlier, not wasted time, and they wish they'd kept more. And that's yep. really the whole spirit of this. If you guys are brand new and have never seen us live before. The whole point of this is to show you guys how to make more money, but also keep more of it, grow more of it, manage it well, and be a steward, set up generational wealth, all those sorts of things. Yes. So we let Dominic go first last time. He is more of the keep more. I'm sorry, the make more. Yes. I guess right, one of these days. Yeah. And um, Dominic spoken um, in front of thousands and created Tons of revenue for companies. I think he can give you the official number. And then my firm is an accounting, tax planning, and financial firm. So I focus a little more on the making. He's the making, I'm the growing. Geez, Dominic, I'm going to get it right one of these days. (laughs) (laughs) Do you you need a little more espresso this morning or how are we doing with that? (laughs) I have been running about four and a half hours sleep a night just because it's tax season and all that stuff. And then I'm having to start every day between 5.30 and 6 so that I don't sleep worried that I am going to oversleep and it's just a vicious cycle. But finishing up a project and we'll tell you guys about it next week, but let's get to work here, shall we? So here's what we've got for you today. Number one, we have uh, a lot of questions that came in last week about types of corporations and what you should do and those sorts of things. Hold on, I'm having a little trouble with my stand here. I think we got it fixed. So I thought I'd walk you guys through when you're getting a business, when do you need a corporation? What's the difference between corporations? What are those sorts of things that you need to focus on? Then we'll turn it over to Dominic, handle some questions, and uh, let me go back to craziness of tax season. So one of the biggest misconceptions when people are getting started with a side hustle or any sort of entrepreneurial venture is they go and form a corporation first. You really, really, really do not have to do this. And I want you guys to write this down because this will this will really help you. You need a corporation under two sets of circumstances. One set is that you have multiple owners and you just want to get that all covered up front. So then you absolutely need a corporation just to keep all the paperwork straight. And frankly, because... Every business should have a business prenup before they even get started of if one partner wants out or multiple partners want a partner out, how does that go down? And so that is one reason that you need a corporation if there is more than one set of owners and particularly if there's differing amounts of capital getting put in and things like that. The second and only other reason to get a corporation this early in the game is if you are in a high risk um, business where there are a lot of things that can go wrong let me give you a perfect example we have somebody who's running a delivery service of kids delivering pizzas around a college town and we hear like you absolutely want to have the that be incorporated to protect your personal assets from what happens inside the business. That's really the whole point of a corporation in the first place, those two reasons. Mm -hmm. There is, as your business grows and develops, Dominic, yes, you may have need for some of the tax structure that comes with a corporation, particularly like an S-Corp or a C-Corp or something like that. But you do not, this is a writer-downer, you guys do not need to have a corporation to get started with anything. Mm -hmm. You need to literally, start selling some stuff, picking up some clients, selling stuff, getting money coming in the door. As a sole proprietorship, you can have all the write-offs that IBM has and Facebook and Meta and Tesla and Warren Buffett and Elon Musk and all those guys. And we have businesses that we do tax advisory work or actually prepare the returns where for whatever reason, we've kept them a schedule C with three, and four million dollars of annual revenue. Now, again, at some point, we'll move them away from that. But I function as a sole proprietor for years with no problems whatsoever. So that's the number one thing. Everybody wants to go get their corporation started and do it. No. Go get some clients, make some money, then we can clean up the mess later. Um, Any thoughts on that, Dominic, or anything? Otherwise, I'm going to keep going and explain the differences on it. Yeah, I think that's kind of an interesting feeling. I mean, how much of it do you think is just? I know for me, like we started our corporation before I sold anybody, but you know that's before I was talking to you about it. Um, but like, I think part of it's a pride issue to some degree, right? Like, is it just that you want to? What do you think? The, I mean, I guess that's what I'm asking. What do you think the reason is why people race to do an LLC a corporation? Do you think it's because they literally thought it was a tax advantage, or just because? Yeah, oh, well, that's the misconception. That's, a mis- that's the number one misconception. Okay. Is that by having a corporation you will have access to tax advantages that you do not otherwise have and again not true and it can slow down the getting of the process you can have i had a corporation for years called camino Perdido. i thought it was cool there was a country label that was lost (laughs) highway that's just that translated into spanish good morning jeff good to see you um And literally, for I paid $800 to the state of California for five years, and we generated exactly zero dollars of revenue. It did me no good. I would yeah. have much better off for, you know, 20 or 30 bucks doing a um, DBA, Camino Perdido, making some revenue. And I think we've all done it. Yeah. So, look, if you guys have done it, don't sit yourself, don't sit your chair in the corner and feel bad. Just realize until money changes hands, until profit and revenue are generated, none of this shit matters. Right. So, so just keep it keep it. focused on that. Don't focus on the other stuff. Again, unless you've got multiple owners and partners and people are putting up capital, that's a whole different deal. Or the business is high risk where sure. someone is likely to sue you. If I was a doctor, we have doctors that come in that are sole proprietorships. And if there's one group of people that everybody loves to sue more than anybody else, it's doctors. Absolutely insane. Right. The rest of us doesn't really matter. Um, so on that being then, let's talk about types of corporations. First of all, what everyone tells me is, hey, man, I'm getting an LLC. And we're go- like, great. And then what? And they're like, what do you mean, what? Well, we're like, okay, an LLC is literally the vanilla ice cream of corporations. Let me explain what I mean. In my career, Dominic, I was once head ice cream maker for a Swenson's Ice Cream Factory. <laughs> and nice. I mean, you guys are old enough to know what Swenson's Ice Cream Factory was. It was actually a great, a great ice cream. You would sit there and a waiter would come. They look like an old time bartender you know, from the old west. And they would make you sundays, and you would sit there and eat it or you can get a cone to go. And what a lot of them were famous for was that they would have um, the ice cream made right on premises. And I got that job. It was a terrible job, like two days a week. I was locked in this little room making ice cream for 10 hours. um, And it absolutely sucked. But everybody could see the ice cream being made, and it was one of their things. So based on vanilla, vanilla ice cream is the base for everything else that you do for the most part so meaning you add peppermint to it it's not peppermint ice cream you add some strawberries in there it's not strawberry you add some chocolate in there it's chocolate you add some cookies in there it's not cookies and cream so an LLC can be taxed like any of the other things that are available you have to decide which one So let's go through these real quickly pros and cons, just so you guys have it in the back of your mind. First off, if it is a single member LLC, meaning you and only you are the only one that has ownership, it is now what we call a disregarded entity. And all it means is you're protected if someone sues you, but for tax purposes, it's going to go right on your tax return as a sole proprietorship, just the way that you would have if uh, you hadn't gone through the process in the first place so again the advantage is liability protection there are no tax advantages there's no anything like that so that's the easiest now there's two of you husband and wife boom we've got a partnership or another partner we can be taxed as a partnership and part flows through to one person part flows through to another And again, you still are operating under the LLC environment, but you've now elected to be taxed as a partnership. We go one step further. You can elect for a corporate structure. What types of corporations are there? There's two of them. There's a C corporation where you have retained earnings. And then there is an S corporation where everything flows through to you personally so s corp is the most common and you're going to see that a lot and we're going to explain to you that uh, i won't go through all the quirks that they have but s corporations have a ton of quirks and rules that things that you can do with every other entity that you can't do you have to do differently with an s corp but the biggest deal of an S Corp is you can have multiple owners up to 35. They all have to be US citizens, so you can't have any foreign owners on that, like you can with a C corporation. And um, but the big deal is is unlike a sole proprietorship where everything flows through to your personal return and you get taxed self employment tax on um uh, up to uh, I think it's one hundred and forty two thousand dollars Of income, Um, and let me explain that real quickly. With an S corp, you can break that up so you're only being taxed on a portion of it. So here's the way this works: if you're a sole proprietor and you make eighty thousand dollars a year of net revenue, so we got one hundred and fifty coming in, we've got seventy thousand of expenses. God, I hope that math works out. (laughs) So sleep deprived right now. That'd be super embarrassing. You're like the worst tax person and finance person ever you can't even do math <laughs> yes. anyway back to this so if that math works out and you net eighty thousand eighty thousand is what's going to show up on your tax return you'll get let's just say a normal deduction and you're single so that's about twelve thousand so you would pay federal and state tax on sixty eight thousand but the government wants you to pay into social security and unlike an employee. Where the the employee pays half and the business pays half, you as a sole proprietor have to pay both halves of that. And that's why you get the qualified business income deduction and you get a write-off half of it. So you would get some other deductions against your federal return. So actually 68 wouldn't be your taxable amount. You'd get to deduct half of your self-employment tax, whatever that is, it's 16 percent of the 80. And I realize I'm whipping through the math on this fast. Don't try to keep up. Um, so that would be roughly 16 percent of 80, call it fourteen thousand. Mm-hmm. You would get to write half of that off for federal and state purposes. So now we get a, we're down to 61,000, and then you would get a qualified business income deduction of roughly 20 percent. That's another 16,000. So we take that off the of 61, we're at 45. So that's what you're going to pay federal and state taxes on. As a sole proprietor netting 80000 but you have to pay the self-employment tax on the entire 80, which is why you get some of those other deductions. Now let's take the same scenario in an S corporation. With an S corporation, you could say, well, as the employee of the S corporation, I'm getting a salary of forty thousand on this eighty thousand dollars of profit. So forty is going to come as my salary. Forty is going to come as my profit to the business. And now I'm going to turn around and I don't have to pay any self-employment tax on the second forty. So I only have to pay it on the first forty. So we just cut that number in half, and more or less everything else is going to stay the same. That's the advantage of an S corp. Now we see accountants all the time a new client that we just picked up his accountant told him to set his S Corp salary at 140,000 and we're like there literally is no point to that your guy does not know what he's doing here because there's no the whole point of the S Corp is to set the salary some number below the 142 and my man is making more than that so that we get that break. Otherwise, there's no point. Literally, there's no point. Now, the flip side of that before you enter is you have to set a salary because also a friend of mine, we were chatting yesterday and we're doing some finance work for her. She's getting audited right now because the accountant never made her pay any salary. c i s is like, what the heck, dude? We're going to set this for you. And then we got to get into formula- formulas and things like that to set that salary so again just know that s corps are popular but weird and that the whole point of them is that you can break it up and not pay self-employment tax on some portion of that money below 142 where you would normally have to what were you going to say good start. yeah so that was that's kind of the interesting question because I, you and i actually talked about this so i'm just more teasing it because it's been a, it was interesting for me to find out that maybe some of the audience felt the same way i did I got advice that you shouldn't pay yourself a salary out of your, uh, S corp. And part of the reason, and I'm curious about this, was that you partly for banking reasons. So like if you write off capital expenditures, for example, or something like that, from a banking perspective, they'll usually add those back in because that's a capital expenditure. They'll take that deduction, like a, you know, Heavy vehicle, the seven thousand pound vehicle or whatever six thousand whatever that number is, they'll add that back in and give you credit for that. But they won't do that with your salary. But do you feel that the overarching like benefit is your long term tax strategy should be pay a salary, or is there situations where that might vary a little bit? You have to pay a salary. The IRS yeah. will come and mess and j- straight jack you up if you do not pay yourself some salary. Now again, first year business is getting started. All right. Messy, we can work on that. But the iris wants to see that you are paying yourself some salary. And someone was saying in here, if your salary is much higher than that, you know, are you saving? And yeah, there's some Medicare savings. But again, if you, and whoever wrote that because it rolled off the screen before I could even see it, like if you want to chat about it, just reach out to me in the DMs and let me know you are on this. But um happy to chat about it. We're a little jammed up right now just because it is tax season, but Happy to go over it and just look at it from the 30,000 foot perspective there. But keep in mind that the IRS, if you don't set a salary with some basis in reality, and another day we can chat about where that comes from, you know, how you, what the three different criteria are, the IRS is going to come in and set it for you. And the way they're going to do it is be like, you made 80, your salary is 80, you owe social security on all of that. And if you think sure, about it, right? it kind of makes sense. Because yeah. What did congress do they kind of stole that money for years that was beat the surplus of social security they spent it on everything else wrote ious and then they're like crap we spent all the money now we need it back we'll just print more of it so um that's really that. and then the, the i'll give you guys a couple more tips here real quickly and then dominic i'll turn it over to you if you have a vehicle The way you get reimbursed on a vehicle with an S-Corp gets kind of wonky. You either have to have the the company own the vehicle and then you reimburse the vehicle for any personal mileage that you have or you own the vehicle personally, and the company has to reimburse you for any business mileage. It just gets a little weird. It's a little cleaner in some of the other ways of ownership. So, like I said, S corps are really, really popular, but they're they're they get audited a, a, a decent amount for mistakes that people make. So, don't assume that it's your best way and best thing to do right there. Now, real quickly, let's chat about a C corporation. So a C-Corporation is an entity where things do not pass through. So on an S-Corp, your corporate year is January 1 to December 31st. You have no say in the matter. That's what it is. With a C-Corp, you can set that year however you want. So you can have a July 1st to June 30th year, and a C-Corp can retain earnings, meaning you do not personally have to receive those earnings from the c-corp now they're going to get taxed at the corporate level and that's when you hear them talking about corporate taxes and the corporations aren't paying enough the big greedy corporations just know that that's kind of what they're referring to and and another thing we'll talk about why when politicians chat about that it's not the whole truth of what's really happening in here um But eventually, even if the corporation pays those taxes, that money is going to get distributed back out to either employees or to shareholders or things like that. So then it can get taxed again. So definite advantages to C-corporations where you can retain earnings or you can move them one year to the next. So if you marry a C-corporation with an S-corporation, and let's say, Dominic, you're coming down to the end of the year and your S corporation is where all your money runs through and you're having a great year and all of that money is gonna get distributed and you're gonna go up three tax brackets. We can move some of that money over the C corporation, which has a different year, and maybe now turn around and some of that money gets gets dropped back down. In fact, we're doing that for a pharmacist right now who's having a killer year because of COVID and all the vaccines and now testing and stuff like that so we're going to marry those two strategies and now he's going to have like one really good more year so we can take some of the income of 2022 move it into 2023 um, and hopefully he repeats again but if not we can spread out and lower the tax liability so that's right. kind of again we're, we're I'm, I'm diving in on the deep end just know that things like this exist, and. If your accountant is not sitting you down as revenue grows and having these conversations with you, then that's something you want to find another accountant and you want someone who's proactive and sitting down and chatting you and like smacking you like, no, don't go get a corporation right now. Go make some freaking money. Bring me that money, you know, Um, and then let's chat about it and then we'll figure out how to save taxes on it not like, yeah, let's get incorporated and let's run a mission, statement. let's get our website done. No, 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 go sell some shit. All right, I like so there that. you go. You know, it's interesting uh, you say that because I remember last week there was a lot of questions. And by the way, for those of you who just joined, this is the Make More, Keep More show. I'm more the Make More guy, you know, sales and, and helping you improve the top line. And Ron is the Keep More guy uh keeping more in your pocket rather than paying it to to good old uncle sam uh whether he's your favorite or not so and growing growing it it. and growing it don't forget about that too because there's actually a lot of ways to make more uh and a lot of ways to keep more beyond taxes as well so that's uh that's what we're talking about today so if you do have questions by the way throw them into the chat we're happy to answer them they fly by pretty quickly but we try to catch them we also have our team watching too so i'll get a text uh from somebody saying hey you missed a question uh, probably my wife uh, usually is to say like, "Hey, <laughs> that's you guys our need team. to answer that." question. By the way, that's our team. But well, like, our, man, I gotta, I, I gotta jump in. People. Someone's, someone's reading the pledge right now. That is a fantastic yeah. book. Pledge so, is like literally. I, I'm finishing up um, the 75 hard book, and that is literally sitting on my nightstand. And I will go back through, starting in about two days, for my fourth or fifth reading of it. Some right. stuff in there that's good all right man that's awesome. so we beat up those taxes pretty good well, tell me um tell me a little bit about how these guys are gonna get if they're starting a new business dominic how do they go get their first client how
1: well this is
0: to go incorporate and do a bunch of other nonsense that just you know kind of yeah for sure and listen, if you're if you're listening into this and you're like, oh man, I'm gonna bail off because I don't need to worry about getting my first couple of clients, this is actually a really good strategy if you launch a new product as well. So t- hang in there, and I'll share not only how to get your first couple if you're kind of moving your side hustle to your main hustle scenario, but also if you're like you want to t- test something, roll out a new product, roll out a new service, the same approach works exceptionally well for for doing that. But. I do think your point that you brought up just before I jump into that, I think the, you brought up a really great point. It, it is I was talking to a guy yesterday. He may even be listening. He's a good friend of mine. I love him. He's amazing. And, and he's trying to he's 30 years at a company, super smart guy. And is now, you know, as companies have consolidated and COVID and stuff that he got, uh, you know, essentially given a package to, to sort of exit, if you will. Uh, I think they had an acquisition and things. And it's interesting because he's trying to start a business and already he's created the LLC. He's already doing some of those things. And It's like, dude, just go sell something first, right? And I love him if he's listening. He, he knows who he is. He's, he's, he's love him. It's uh, criticism, but I think we all do it. I did it too. We, Ivana was like, "Hey, my wife, Ivana, like, hey, you should start your own business. Cool, let's go get a corporation." <laughs> it was, you know, and you're, you're not even making money now. The good news is, is I implemented this and started making money pretty rapidly on that business. But looking back, and this applies to a lot of places in the Keithmore side of it. Things I think too is because. It's not just, um, you know, like it, it's not just the spending money on that type of stuff, but like I'll see people go, oh, well, I got to go get brand, brand new computers and let me get a new phone specifically for this business and let me go do this. this. I mean, software, like I'll see marketing agencies, man, they'll buy all this type of software and pretty soon mm-hmm. you're into a thousand dollars a month, $2,000 worth a month in subscription tech and you're not making any money. And it, I get asked all the time. In fact, in one of our first episodes, somebody asked me like, what's your favorite CRM? I'm like, up to a million dollars? Excel or Google, <laughs> not not because it doesn't do something, you know, like obviously CRMs work really well and I do have some favorites, but you know, save the money until the system starts to break. And I have literally run million dollar businesses off of an Excel spreadsheet. So you can do it, it's not ideal, but you can do it. So I'd rather see you save money. So. Let's jump into it. So here's an interesting... Before you jump ahead, in, yeah. what K Libro asked me a couple questions. Oh, okay. I just want to yeah. say before I forget, DM me those. If we have some time, I can give you a quick answer, but I think you're going to want a longer answer. So just reach out to the DMs and um, throw your contact info in there, sir. And we'll reach out and just set up a time to chat about it privately because it's more than a... Someone was asking about, I got a whole thing, a music label, a clothing label. How do we do all that and that's just something that's a little outside of this podcast although i know you floated the idea of just doing like an ama on a saturday yeah. morning or something yeah. so we will toss that idea if you guys want to see that i'll charge you a little bit but, um just to keep our wives happy since we're taking a saturday but it won't be much but we will just go for like three or four hours answer every last question so yeah. if that sounds good go for it so yeah. let us know and we'll do it. You know because, like, man, I uh, I don't know, man. My kids are grown, I hang out and stare and drink coffee. If I'm not getting caught up on a Saturday, I can't speak for you, but anyway, man, yeah. I didn't mean to inter- uh, interrupt you. Are we allowed I'm to, to put carry on in that coffee if we're doing a coffee morning thing? I mean, I feel like that would be bad to the audience. The in fifty like, in fifty days, <laughs> oh, I can do it. Right. <laughs> there you go. That's right. Yeah, man, that's hard seventy five. It's really interrupting our, our ability to have a drink on this podcast. I know, man. I'm a third of the way through. Best, I'm dude. a third of the way through. Oh. All right. Man, uh, back awesome. to what do you do to get a first, you know, your first few clients on a new product, new project, or I'm sure you're gonna pick up some stuff even if you guys already have clients. Yeah, so. for sure. It really does work really well. Even if you just want to generate some cash, it's a good way to go. So here's, here's a, let me give you a little backstory to this. So bear with me and get into exactly how you're going to execute this. And then, but there's a little bit of backstory to this as well. So I didn't know about this when I first started my business. Uh, but I remember, so I, and I told this on one of the previous episodes, my wife was the one I had had a pretty successful exit from a software company. We sold for half a billion dollars. So that was cool. Um, and we, I got a job lined up pretty quickly right after to go into another software company to do the same thing again. And my wife, in her infinite wisdom, goes, "Well, why do you keep doing this for everybody else? Why, why don't you just do it for yourself, start a job?" Mm-hmm. And, and to be honest, I did not consider myself to be an entrepreneur. I mean, I had uh, two two kids. I think, yeah, I actually had my son by that point. too. no, my son was on the way, maybe or close to. And so, you know, I mean, I had kids, a good family mortgage and oh man there's no way i'm gonna get you know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna go give all that up i mean my salary was good I had stock options bonuses all that kind of stuff so i wanted to go do it again and uh she was like no man just start start your own business and so because i'm scared of her i'm kidding she'll kill me for that. But, uh, <laughs> he's not, mean, but he's not by the way he's not we're sorry. all scared of her she's all, all of the <laughs> don't want to end on her bad side well she is sicilian after all so but <laughs> Look, so she said that. So you know, it really made some sense. I talked to a few friends of mine. They're like, "Just do it, right?" So I didn't really know what I was going to do, and so I had these ideas. Like, I had always helped big businesses with their sales, and I knew how to coach salespeople. I knew how to create scripts and telemarketing stuff, and I, I knew how to structure everything about sales, write column plans, all that kind of stuff. And I didn't really have an offer for that. Like, how do I go about like doing that? So I called a guy who had actually offered me a job a few years prior, and I said, "Hey." can I buy you breakfast and if you'll do me a favor and I want to run an idea by you and you just sanity check me like, does this make any sense what I'm thinking about doing? So we go to breakfast. It was actually at the, at the club in Orange County. Uh, Tomatoes in peace, Uh, (laughs) you know? And I took him over there and uh, we, we had breakfast and at the end of it, he was like, this all sounds great. When can you start? And I was like, Wait, what? <laughs> cuz I literally had gone there to get his opinion. And so, interestingly, then he said so he said, and this part's kind of embarrassing. He was like, "Well, how how much would it be?" And I was I literally didn't know what to say cuz I was like, uh, <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, I could use all of this. Could you start Monday?" And uh, this was on a Thursday or something, and I'm like, ah uh, yeah." And he goes, "What's it going to cost?" And I go, "$1500." Was literally the first thing that came to my mind. $1500 a month. So, we go into that. That was in September. Uh, I incorporated in, in June uh, because of the payout from my other company. I couldn't actually start another business for a little bit period of time. So this was my first sales call in September. Did that. We ended up doing about seventy grand by the end of the year, which wasn't which wasn't sad, shabby. And then that next year, that particular client, I billed for about a buck fifty, buck seventy, somewhere in that neighborhood. So I obviously no, raised my no, rates up and and no, did that. We renegotiated and, and did that. So. And it all started because I asked him for a favor. Okay, fast forward a few years, and I've done this approach a few times where you know when I wanted to get a client, hey, can you do me a favor? Can I run something by you? I just want to get your idea about it. And it seems to really work. Go back fast forward a few years. I find out about this guy named Robert Collier, which Ron, you'll know him because I know Dan Kennedy's Robert a Robert fan. Robert Collier's sales letter. I have Robert Collier's sales letter. He is actually I have his books in there, one of his one of his mini books. He's written about a hundred of them, I think. Uh, the Robert Collier letter book. He's considered, widely considered, probably the best or one of the best copywriters to have ever lived. Oh, Louisiana. he's one of the great. Yep. He, he's great. Absolutely. So, in 19, uh, he published his letter book in 1934. But it's interesting, in the late 1920s, he wrote a letter that is now referred to as the Do Me a Favor Letter. And what he basically said was in there, he was trying to sell these coats, like some sort of. You know, raincoat, and he asked everybody in this letter, Hey, would you just do me a favor and try the coat? He didn't say, Would you buy the coat? He's uh, uh, at the well, there's the Robert Collier letter book to somebody who just asked what the book is. That's one of that's probably the easiest place. The Robert Collier letter book, yeah, um, Robert Walk Haley wrote that's one of the ones, Robert Collier, and it's the Robert Collier letter book. Yeah, it looks like this. When you DM me. Shoot me the um just remind me and I'll give you a whole list of good copywriters. Any like old school guy. No yeah, yeah. So Robert Collier is one of the greats, right? So he writes this letter and basically says, Would you do me a favor, try on this jacket, let me know what you think. Like that's the whole letter. And in fact, by the way, if you guys want it, um I have a copy of the letter. Uh, I wrote up a little thing on it and with a little bit of the backstory on it. It's yours if you want it. Just go to fixyourpitch.com F-I-X. Uh, your y o u r pitch p i t c h dot com. There's no often or anything. You literally just download it right there. Um, so you can just literally it's years to have, and it gives a little write up on this. But don't do that now. Listen to the story. So, uh, so we go. yeah So I find out that there's this whole thing. Here's the great thing about it. He sold twenty thousand units of this product, and what's interesting about it is that was $550,000 in sales in the late 20s. <laughs> I ran that number on an, uh, thing, uh, on a, you know, like an inflation calculator, it's $8.1 million in one letter in our, in today's dollars. That's a good letter. So it got me thinking like, well, how do you take that? And what's interesting about it, the psychology behind it's really fascinating because he didn't ask them to buy something, he asked them to do him a favor, and there's something really critical about that. so here's what I'd recommend if you're looking to launch a new like turn your side hustle into your main hustle, if you're looking to if you're already made a main hustle and you're not making any money, let's face it that happens too sometimes. Uh, I' trying to socks, up in there right uh, or if you're trying to launch a new product in there too, this is a really great approach. So here's what I would do. you know you hear people talking about the dream 100. I don't know about you. I can't manage a list of a hundred people, and I'm not even sure I could think up with a hundred people but I really. I don't even been, know. So. Whoa, 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 whoa! Stop for one second. I gotta, I gotta co- make a couple of comments. Number one, you got now. You guys know if call calls you for a favor, don't yeah. answer the call. Don't answer the F- call. you, button, all the way. <laughs> <laughs> Adios, amigo. <laughs> uh, thanks. No, uh, that's, the that's second awful. thing is, I don't even know that I know what the Dream One Hundred is. So if I don't know. I'm going to go with for sure. Somebody on this does not also know what it is. So what would you, what is the dream? 100. So the dream, and while you do that, I'm going to, I'm going to go get this thing. Fix it's, it's literally a, bu- a bu- uh, book, uh, if I'm not mistaken. And it's part of like this whole, like, you know, let me see. It's the dream. 100 book. The it's called the book, the, the book that makes all your business dreams come true. Bold statement. I like that. I don't mind the principle of it. I just find that typically a hundred thoughts. Uh, Russell Brunson's big into this one. You know, I mean, there's, there's a few people that are down with the strategy. So obviously there's something to it. I just find it, let's keep it manageable and do it right. Uh, because a hundred is a lot to manage. So I say pick 10. Pick 10 people that you think. And here's the difference, a little difference between what, what I, how I, I approach this. Pick 10 people who would be an ideal client for you. Who would also when you call them up, they don't have to be like, Ron, my best friend. What's up, buddy? Haven't heard from you since yesterday. You're not looking for that guy, but you're looking for somebody who's going to be like, oh, man, Ron, long time, buddy. How's it going? Like who's going to know who you are? So here's what I would say. Like somebody mentioned being a musician earlier, you know, or having a brand or whatever that question was around it. You probably know club owners. You know, some people that are, let's say you want to launch a, you know, marketing agency for musicians or something you know, call club, past club owners, call some other musicians you know, some people that you've done some business with in the past. Uh, If you're, uh, you know, you came from a a big corporation, uh, you have contacts with old vendors and stuff that probably respected you. Maybe you're an IT guy, maybe you're a software developer or something. You work with people that, that know and respect you at some level. And then all you really have to do is say, hey, listen, can I buy you lunch? Can I get you breakfast or whatever? Uh, if they're remote, hey, I'll send you a little something as a thank you. Tell me if you want an Amex gift card or a, or a Starbucks gift card, but I would love to get your opinion on something. And then when you get in there, the story is pretty simple. Listen, I left my company. I'm thinking about starting a new job, whatever. And I had this idea. And I'll be honest with you. You're like kind of the type of person I would love to work with. Now, I'm not pitching you, but I'd love to know your opinion. Can you tell me what you think about and then kind of go through what you're trying to formulate? The great thing about it is you're not pitching somebody, but the key to that is you mentally have to not be pitching. them. You actually have to care for their opinion. And here's the right. worst case scenario. They give you their opinion. I'll give you an example of this. So Ivana, my wife, after she had Enzo, our son, uh, that was probably self-explanatory, but after she had Enzo. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, they don't yeah, have any yeah, nerves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure.
1: They say he looks just like
0: me. <laughs> By the way, hold on. it got interrupted. I call Enzo, what's his middle name? Ethan. You guys get that? E E Cummins. How good is that, right? It's pretty awesome. So my nickname for him is double E. So he's cute. As, he's really cute, by the way. Cute yep. little dude. All right, man. Back it's to work. work. Sorry. I so throw uh, that in. So when Ivana wanted to kind of get back into the working world, she had worked a lot with attorneys in the past. That was kind of her specialty, that's the types of people that she worked with, that she wanted to do some things around like marketing and social media for those guys and do some like agency style work for for stuff. And I said, cool, try to do me a favor approach. You know, since I like teach it to my mastermind group and everything, you, you kind of have to do it because, you know, that would look bad if you didn't. Anyway, so she calls up, first guy she calls up, goes... Uh, she sa- says, Hey, I, I'll buy you lunch or whatever. He actually said, you don't need to buy me lunch. I'd love to chat with you and catch up here, here. We're happy to give you my opinion. Cause that's the key. People are happy to give you their opinion. They love to give their opinion. Think about how many people give you your opinion, whether you want it or not. So they, they like to they, to offer that. So he goes, yeah, I'll talk to you. Happy to talk to you. So they jump on a call. I think that was on a Wednesday. She chats with him, says, hey, this is what's happening. So this is what I'm trying to do. This is some of the things I want to do for an attorney. And he goes, yeah, you know what? To be honest with you, I don't know that I'm pretty interested in that. Uh, And here's why. Because of this, this," he gave her some really logical reasons why he wasn't into it. He said, but here's what's interesting. You know who this would be great for? This This person, this person, this person, and this person. And here's the reason why. That was already a win. However, he followed it up with one more statement. He goes, but just out of curiosity, would you be willing to do this, this, and this? He asked her a couple of different things. And she was like, yeah. And he goes, great, when can we start? Nice. Uh, so, for I believe, the win. I, if I remember correctly, that was on a Wednesday and she, she invoiced them on Friday and got paid. Like, Freaking awesome. that's, and, and I've rolled this out now to, to hundreds of people. And the only people who have not had success with it literally didn't listen to me. Like they just, they, they're like, well, I didn't do it that particular way. Know there's nuance and keys to it. You got to do it. You have to say, "Would you do me a favor?" You have to say, "You are the ideal client." I'm really curious about. It. So. Those are key areas to to making sure that this works. And again, if you go to fixyourpitch.com, you guys can download the the letter. And I give a little explanation on how to actually use this appropriately uh, with your clients. Again, no, there's no opt-in, literally just download it. It's it's ours. It's yours. I I threw it in the chat there, by the way, but I think um, Instagram broke it all up. So um, and when you go there, because I did while he was talking, you just gotta click down part of the letters there, just click download and it'll open it in a new window. I'll tell you something really interesting about what you're seeing, Dominic. Um, uh, number one, for any of you guys that like copywriting um and enjoy reading, one of the things you guys should all be hit to is the Gary Halbert Letter. Mm-hmm. So, and I think it's on the Gary Halbert His um Gary died. God oh man, it's been like 15 years ago and gary was a hot mess he was one of those guys larger than life Mm. complete trend wreck in his personal life you know just kind of a wild man and the stories of gary are hilarious but what gary used to do because gary was probably like he was the robert collier of our age um where he wrote some of the most famous ads um again because he passed away 15 years ago some of you millennials might not know who he was, but if you're a little bit older than that, Gen X or Boomer, you would absolutely recognize, you know, when he generated billions of dollars of sales. But what Gary used to do was he would go to a bar with his new sales letter and he would read the sales letter like, hey, do you guys mind giving me your opinion? Kind of like we do me the favor. Do mm-hmm. I do me a favor? And what he was looking for, if everyone was like, ah, yeah, that's a great letter. Awesome. No, nah, good job, man. You really did a good job. He'd be like, great, thanks. Letter would go in the trash because that's like the focus group problems. People get together in focus groups and they know they're in a focus group. So they're kind of wanting to say what they think that people want to hear. What Gary would do instead is he knew it was a winner if everyone was like, oh man, when is that going to be available? How can I get one of those? And then he knew he was on to something. So good idea there, Dom. Love it. Um, and that is the stuff, if I can add one other point is that's the stuff you should be doing instead of going and getting incorporated and writing your business plan and your yeah. state, stay like, let's just find out if the idea even works, by the way, what if Dominic had gone to 10 different people and everyone's like, yeah, you know, like, that's a great idea, man. Like, yeah, that's the equivalent of them telling Gary Halbert, his sales letter is awesome. 100%. And here's they're the They're being nice. The, your idea the, sucks. They, they are. And here's the thing. I've only had that happen to one person. Uh, awesome lady. She's in my coaching group. She went through 10 people and she figured out the offer was wrong. Perfect. And they are. And that's better like, to find again. It, it, yeah. Because think about it. How many times have any of us, if you've been in business for a while, you've come up with like, this is the greatest idea ever. And then you put some advertising money behind it and you shoot it out there and you do something with it and nothing comes of it. And 25 grand later, that's an actual number for my own story. 25 grand later, you realize, okay, so apparently the product sucked. Yep. And, uh, and you I put actually, a website on it 100%. and you got designers involved and you were convinced it was the greatest idea ever. And that, that's why I go right back to go sell something to sell some clients. Something. And if nobody yeah. wants to buy anything, your idea might suck or it might not suck but it's not your offer isn't there yet and there and they'll give you that feedback i remember early on so i don't always follow my own advice to be honest i sometimes nobody does that i have this <laughs> advice right uh and so i uh i remember launching a product a few years ago it was uh, it was a training course on hiring and recruiting salespeople, which you know in my head should have been just awesome right so I launched it out there, hire an agency to put money behind it. I don't know how much we ended up spending, probably close to 20 grand all in to, to advertise this. Didn't sell one of them. Mm-hmm. I literally got to a point where I put it up for free and guess how many people bought it? Zero. Zero, <laughs> yeah. So, cause I was so irritated with it at that point and it was because the market wasn't, right. Re- now in retrospect, I know how to do it. It's funny, on that same offer, I turned it into a coaching offer rather than a course. And i probably made 100 grand, 150 grand off of that offer. Interesting. And it's interesting because that's, but had I done the do me a favor approach, because that's when it started to make money, was when I started to go, like, well, hey, I got this idea around like hiring recruiting. I created a course. Somebody goes, yeah, I wouldn't watch a course, but would you be open to coaching me on it? You're like, oh, okay. Indeed. You know, I and mind. I had spent, and that's 20 grand in advertising. Never mind my team's cost for coming. I do actually have some team, a team coming to film me, team coming, you know, dude, it's just crazy, right? I, I had a, Dominic I had the exact same story. We got a great idea. We filmed a product in advance and it flopped. We made about 10,000 on it. But, um, and by the way, you guys are all very welcome for those of you just saying you enjoy the thing. We enjoy doing them. I, I mean, that's fun. I do. I can't speak for you, Dominic. Uh, but uh, I mean, we, we at least had some sales. Um, we had about 10,000, but not enough to justify the time. And again, that's not me flexing on you guys. We put a lot of time and effort and I had a professional crew. And what I realized, two things was, number one, our approach to the way we put the course together was wrong because we didn't do the market research, right? We didn't talk right to people like, what do you want to know? Number two was we pre-recorded the whole thing. And so, you know, it's like some bands are really good in the studio and they absolutely suck live. And then other bands are freaking awesome live, but their studio albums are like, eh. And I learned that I do not do good in the studio. You know, there. I'm not kidding. And right. You might wonder how you can pay less taxes. Well, I'm here to tell you. Um, so you're like the hinder of uh, tax. Oh my God, tax person. Dominic and I went to see. We'll wrap this up in a minute here and see if we have any questions. I'll Dominic. I'll give you a chance to check and see if we have any questions. But Dominic and I went to the Bad Boys of Rock tour years ago. Part of the reason um, for those of you just jumping on this is the Make More, Keep More. You're tuning in at the end of the episode, and unlike earlier, where I completely butchered. Was make more and keep more. Dominic's background is in sales and increasing and in recruiting salespeople, as you just heard him talking about. That's his sphere of genius, to use somebody's Ooh. word. And I am 31 years in the accounting and financial advisory business. And unlike lazy accountants who don't like to save their clients money, we really go out of our way to teach our clients principles so they pay the legitimate lease to the IRS and manage the rest efficiently. Make more keep more so anyway um tune in we do these every friday um and um at 8 a.m pacific but back to this dominic and i have been friends for 30 years 30 um 31 actually and a few years ago we went to the bad boys of rock concert hinder papa roach buck Harry, Great show, right until Hinder the headliners came on and they sucked so bad. Oh my god, they were terrible. Like yeah. truly like cats being strangled, terrible. Buck cherry, Papa Roach were freaking fantastic. Yeah, guys. they were awesome. All right. Do we have any questions we need to get to, Dominic, or do you have any other last-minute things? Otherwise, because it is tax season, I'm gonna have to wrap this. And next week's episode will be, on my end, tax savings ideas that you can implement last minute or at least go back and check for. I'll give you four or five of them. And I will be doing it from Northern California from the road because I'm going up to see my um, vegan hippie love child daughter who's at Berkeley and graduating. And because of COVID, I never really got to go visit and hang out with her more than one time. Uh, So I'm going to be up there. So I'll do that from the hotel room or from a cafe or something like that. But do we, do we have any questions we need to answer? I Maybe just texted over else. to see, I did. They were going fast and furious this morning, so I didn't really see which ones. I was, you usually do a better job of writing them down. But uh, if you guys did get something that you can get answered, please let us know. We can also, if you have, so we're going to try to get better about announcing these out in advance. Um, Speak for yourself. And, <laughs> I'm totally kidding. Okay, I'm, I'm going to try to get people. better about getting Ron to announce these out in advance and give you guys some topics ahead of time. But if you do have questions for us, please let us know. Uh, we're happy to answer anything on, on anything really to do with finances. I mean, it's really how to get more finances that actually makes some money or, or how to just what to do with it after the fact, after you get it, how to keep from paying taxes. I mean, that's really the focus of the show, um, on there. And so we're doing that. And then also let us know, uh, either here in the chat right now, or, um, uh actually no, Ivana said we we covered most everything. She just texted me. So um but uh, if you guys have any if you're interested in it, we're we're thinking about doing a little like AMA session. We these are forty-five minutes to an hour, but maybe taking a Saturday morning and just spending three, four hours, whatever it takes. If you got really in depth conversations, some of the questions in here do get a little bit more than we can cover in the scope of this. Happy to jump on a Saturday morning AMA session. Our wives may make us charge a small amount for that, like you know. Nothing, just to make you take it seriously. That's that's it. But um, for for doing that, but uh, we'd love to do that. So let us know if you're interested in something like that. We can we can totally put that together in the next couple of weeks. So, uh, but yeah, no, I think we uh, I think we covered off the covered off the big stuff. All right, man. Let's get our outro music. We're gonna go right back to Wasted Years. There we go. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Spread the word. We love doing these. If you missed part of the video, all right, that's a little loud. We'll turn Iron Maiden down a little bit. If you guys missed part of it, go back and listen to it. I'll have it posted the next little bit. And uh, we'll see you next week. And we'll announce on Monday what we're going to be chatting about. Take care, you guys. Dominic, good seeing you, my friend. We will talk awesome. again soon. Bye. Sounds good. Bye.